Yo, what's good? You already know. Back again is your boy, Mikey. I'm the host. Can we keep it real? And New England Patriot Rundown. How you doing today? Yo, lately I've been on a kick about juveniles in the criminal justice system. I think a lot of these kids are being done wrong. I think they're forcing them into custody, chain of command, and eventually it's just leading them to graduate to adult prison. So if you have a child that has been arrested on juvenile charges, I'm going to let you know things that you can do to protect your child. Because the ultimate goal here is to keep the child out of detention custody. First off, please go to Apple iTunes and leave a review. That's all I ask for this. And anything I tell you, I guarantee you could back it up by facts. I'm not a lawyer. But in recent years, I have been in trouble with the law, and I studied my own legal work, and I managed to get myself out of a few jams. But there is something that's called a school-to-prison pipeline. Basically, schools and cities are putting policemen in schools. And pretty much, the schools are handing the discipline over to the police officers, who are not really trained to deal with... With kids, they're getting rid of guidance counselors and social workers and they're replacing them with RSOs. And it's putting more kids in the juvenile correction system than we have ever put. Up to 50,000 kids per week sometimes are locked up and placed in juvenile custody facilities, some for profit. And some of the treatment in there has been documented on as harsh and inhumane so it's my duty to reach out to the parents and maybe I can help lead your kid in another direction maybe I can convince you do not take nobody's word for it get yourself a lawyer the prosecutors are not here to help the kids no matter how much they say it's all about the kids the prosecutor's job is to put people in jail is to get convictions after a while it's not a person They are people, they are cattle, they're using them for very much profit. But if your child has ever been arrested for a crime, or if you're a parent of a juvenile facing criminal charges, it could be a scary and a real stressful time. Like, that's your baby here, that's where your number one concern. You're likely concerned about how these charges are going to impact your child's life, and so you should be. Criminal offenses can have very serious consequences for juveniles by impacting their future careers, stripping them of their freedoms, stripping them of their childhood. In 2010, the Supreme Court ruled Graham v. Florida, pretty much saying, we can't treat children like we do adults. They have a different impulse control. Their brains don't act the same as some adults. A juvenile, Bobby Bostic, when he was 16, he was sentenced to 240 years for a robbery charge. He wasn't even given the option to rehabilitate his life. And you know why he was given so much time? Not because of the crime he committed because of his ignorance to the law and how it was all about him. 
and that wasn't right. But for that reason alone, it's so important that if your kid is ever locked up, get yourself a lawyer for the case. Because the right lawyer, that can determine whether you're able to lower the charges or your child sent to prison. And once your child is sent to jail, man, he just becomes sucked right through the pipeline. Very few kids that go there, they meet people that they wouldn't normally meet. Training school is not a good place for any kid to be, nor is prison. Juvenile offenses can range from all types of crimes. There's a variety of cases. Some juvenile offenses were vandalism, theft, shoplifting, drug possession, even other drug charges. Credit card fraud, trespassing, underage DUI, disorderly conduct, assault, weapons or firearm charges, sex crimes. Like There's so many things that kids can be charged with. So parents, don't take it for granted, man. Know your rights. Know how to protect your kid. Don't let them make any statements. You want to teach your children valuable lessons, but at what cost? You don't want to cost them their freedom. Don't make any statements until you consult with a lawyer. I can't stress how important it is. Police can lie. They can lie to you as a parent. They can lie to the juvenile kid just to get a confession. Do not let your children speak to a police prosecutor. Do not let them make any statements unless they are represented by adequate counsel. Because it's going to be your kid that's going to be facing jail time. When your child is arrested, it's not one of them, okay, go to your room, you're punished for an hour. No, they have the chance to possibly go into a very rough environment where they could be raped, sodomized, people take advantage of them. The new sneakers you're sending them in with, they'll be on someone else's feet in an hour. That nice watch you bought your son is going to be on someone else's wrist. And I hope some juveniles are listening to this because, listen, you get locked up, it's not a good place to be. Mommy is not there. Mommy cannot protect you. You're going to be locked up in a room that's about the size of your bathroom. Most of the day, you're going to come out for maybe an hour here, an hour there. You're only going to be allowed a phone call maybe one time a week. If your family is lucky enough to be able to come up there and see you, they're only going to be able to see you maybe once a week. They're going to strip you down. They're going to make you put your fingers through your hair. They're going to make you bend your little butt over. They're going to make you spread them butt cheeks and cough. It's a very humiliating situation where nobody, no kid should be in that situation. I think of all the kids that are locked up in detention centers, I bet only under 9% really belong to be there. 9% is really a risk to the community and the public and really need to be housed in prison. That's what prisons should be for, the dangerous. But no, now we use them for anybody. Corhagen. Guy does 18 months for Corhagen. All right, I grant you told him 900 times. Hurt him in his pocket. 
send him to jail. You're depriving his family. You ain't doing no justice. So you think sending your kid to jail is going to teach him a lesson. But the penalties he's going to face on these offenses, they could be based on crimes committed on, on the, the, the crime at hand and previous records if they even have one. But when no matter what your kid is up against, man, have your kids back. The number one thing is keep them out of jail, man. If you love your kid, don't think that sending them to jail is really going to teach them a lesson. It's going to network them. It's going to make them better at what they were doing before they go in there. And then what happens, like the case in New York, where the kid got raped repeatedly, and he couldn't take it no more. So you know what this 12-year-old boy did? He stabbed two of the kids. And he ended up going to jail for an additional 20 years. Because they said he could have prevented it. They said he could have went and got help. Which he did repeatedly. But you know what they tell you? Man up. So he did man up. And he manned up and turned a 6 month sentence into a 20 year conviction. I mean you could play with your child's freedom if you want. But I'm telling you right now, it's definitely going to have a negative impact on their future. It's going to go into his public record, which is going to make it very, very hard to get him into a good school when he finally matures or get employment. And it's going to cause a lot of bad feelings down the road. So have your child's back. That's your child, man. Sometimes kids could be devious and badass. But at the end of the day, they really don't have much of an impulse control. I ain't making excuses, but we need to have their back. Sending them to jail isn't the answer. Yo, we'll be right back with some more info on juveniles getting sucked into the system. Yo, remember, have your kids back, man. And I'm going to tell you some other punishment options that are available for your kid if he ever is locked up. Stay tuned, stick around, it's your boy Mikey, the host of Can We Keep It Real. Yo, it's your boy man, what's good man, and thank you for sticking around man. I hope you already went to Apple iTunes, left a review, hit the like, hit the share, hit that bell notification button man so you can get more updates man. But we're talking about kids that are going into detention, kids that are getting locked up. Some parents don't know what to do. Some parents believe the police and think this is... The right thing to do, like a wayward child, like when your kid's acting up, the police will say, oh, you should file a wayward report. No, you shouldn't, because once you file that wayward report, it's easier to commit your son into the penitentiary. There are other punishment options that don't include them going to jail. But first, like I always say, get your ass a friggin' attorney. But other penalties that your kid could receive is like they could complete counseling programs through community service, probation, electronic monitoring. You know, different things like that that will really help the kid out and not push him deeper into the correctional system. I mean, how many of you parents out there, I bet you don't even know your child's rights upon the time that they've been arrested. They're going to be so scared. And sometimes they'll be very manipulated when talking to the police. The police will lie to get a confession out of your kid. 
I'm not saying they all lie. I'm not saying that, that they bad police. I'm just saying this is your child, man. We want to protect them the best we can. So they manipulate the, your, your kid and they get a confession before they're even ready to give a confession. As a, revolt, as a result, well, they already told them what, what they did. They got the evidence against them. So now there's a very good chance that your child could be convicted and sentenced to jail, to prison. Don't think training school. There ain't nothing different from adult prison from juvenile prison. Juvenile prison is just a model of adult prison. And it could be even more dangerous because a lot of kids, they don't care about the consequences of what happens. You get an attorney, they can evaluate any statements made. They can tell their client, which would be your precious child, what statements not to make. An attorney has the chance to, de to analyze evidence surrounding the case to look for improper police conduct. These cases are not always handled as they should by a police officer. So there are chances that you can get things thrown out. But not if you allow your kid to make a statement without proper representation. The whole idea about getting a lawyer is to come up with a defensive strategy. Because the prosecutor, they have their lawyers, so it should be fair. Protect your child that's facing these charges. Maybe an attorney could get them dropped altogether. They really do their best to limit any damage that a criminal charge could do to your kid's life, man. So always get a lawyer and know your law. And if you do have a lawyer, make sure they're doing all these things. Make sure they inform you of every development in the case throughout the whole time that they're working on it. At the end of the day, you are paying them. They are representing your child. You also want to know what's going on. You want to make sure that the lawyer is prepared to go head up in the courtroom with the prosecutor. And you want to make sure that, that they're a decent lawyer, man. Your kid's going to be facing criminal charges, man. It's not a fun thing. It's not something nice to go through. And parents have felt very, very guilty knowing that their child ended up catching years in a juvenile prison. So know your rights. Teach your kid their rights. Let them know what the police can do. Let them know what they can't do. You know what I mean? Because these are your kids at the end of the day, man. And we want to try to protect these kids as much as we can. We have to prevent them from getting into trouble. We have to try to help with community programs in our area. That's the number one thing. These kids got nothing to do. It costs $150,000 per year to send a juvenile to corrections. We can't put that 150000 a year in preventative measures for a lot of these kids. We recognize a kid could be a problem. We have police officers in schools. So why arrest them? That's the question I want to know. Running down the hallway, doing stupid things, doing things that are non-criminal. I want to know, why do we arrest kids in schools for non-criminal crimes? Tell me. It's your boy Mikey. Yo, if you need anything else, you can hit me up at canwekeepitreal40 at gmail.com. It's your boy and we out. Hey, what's going on? You already know it's your boy Mikey Rebello, man. And uh, I jumped on this topic of 
juvenile reform. I don't really have a dog in the fight. I, I just see what's going on, and I see how a lot of the schools got the, the school-to-prison pipeline, and I just think it's so unfair. It's so unnecessary. Kids are getting arrested for things that we did every day years ago for simple horse playing. The school department pretty much took the discipline away from the administrator, handed it to the police. At the end of the day, the kids don't trust anybody. And having an RSO, I think, I don't, I don't think it helps many situations. But I know there is a need for RSO officers in the school system. But having them there to arrest a lot of these kids for non-violent offenses just to load up training schools and, and facilities, it, it's just meaningless. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree on my point, and you're more than welcome. If you want to come up here and challenge me to my point of view, hit me up, email me. I dropped my email already. If you want to call me, 401-347-8519. Like, I am real serious about this. The more we can find youth that has a, an immediate cost for taxpayers and communities all across the state, and taxpayers end up ultimately paying the ultimate price for youth confinement. Hundreds of thousands of dollars per day. Millions per year. I mean, there's surveys that they say confinement in 46 states, the Justice Policy Institute, the JPI, they found that the average cost of the most expensive confinement option for a young person was $407.58 per day. $36,000 per three months, $73,000 per six months, and $150,000 per year. And the direct cost is really, it's really just the beginning. And it's just the beginning to what, you know, families pay, communities, for policy choices, for poor choices. Youth confinement imposes heavy burden on family members friends, and some of these kids that really don't belong in these confined situations, it opens them up for assaults, exposes them to rapes, and some of them, it'll make them suicidal, and some, it'll turn some into monsters. If you broke it down state by state cost, what it costs to incarcerate a teenager, the report's going to show the impact of confining Kids is not limited to just the economic part of the confinement. You have medical, you have um, care, you have upkeep of the building, you know, you, you have schools, social economics, all types of things that go into it. So pretty much the long-term cost to, conf to confine a teenager, it could add up to an additional $8 billion, $21 billion each year, beyond the hundreds of thousands that state and local communities are already spending. Where do you think that money could be better spent? How much of that can we save? I mean, what we're spending, we could send one of these kids to Harvard School for what we pay to incarcerate them for one year. 
And I bet the outcome would be ridiculous. Imagine if we took the money and invested it in these kids' education. Hey, it's your boy Mike, and this is Can We Keep It Real? You want to be a guest, you want to reach out to me, hit me up at CanWeKeepItReal40 at gmail.com. I hope everyone's keeping it real, keeping it authentic, and keeping it a hundred, man. How's your summer so far? Today, I've been diving deep into juvenile justice reform. I look around and I see the way that, that these kids are living their life, and I see that, that the way that the direction is going. And I have to use my platform to say something. I have to use my platform to see if I can motivate anybody that might be listening to email me, and maybe we could work together, and maybe we can try to do better things and create more programs for these kids. We need to be able to rethink incarceration of young people. We need to develop more youth centers, more boys and girls club, more summer camps, more youth development centers, whose goal is to keep the youth out of, out of jails and reduce incarceration. Isn't that the ultimate goal here? But for many, it's not. For many, they want to watch me fail. They don't want these kids to live a better life. They want these kids... To hate the police. I don't want these kids to hate the police. I want these kids to know that the police have a job to do. And we have to respect them for the job that they do. And at the end of the day, it is what it is. Why don't we stop by, can we raise the age in which young people can be tried as adults to at least 18? Or if not, 19? I mean, you can't drink alcohol until you're 21. But we could prosecute you as an adult for some dumb crime that you committed and give you 241 years? Like, really? What kind of justice is that? I think that's some real straight fuckery there. I think we need to reform prosecutors. And I think they can really be the champions of this. The prosecutors can reflect the scientific reality. That proves that young kids should not be treated like adults. But also avoid exposing these young kids to an adult criminal system that they just cannot handle. And a system that is not equipped to address with the needs of our youth. The needs of the juveniles. That will likely go right back into the friggin' system and end up going to jail and end up being someone's bitch or end up being drugs, or end up dying one day, or just being there for murder, robbery. How many times have we seen it? To my OGs that been in and out of the joint, how many times you go to training school with somebody, and then you guys graduated together right to the state prison? How many times you see the same cats in and out? Can we reform the youth now? Who's going to help me? Can we keep it real? 40 at gmail.com These reforms are not only fair, but they are the right and compassionate thing to do. These kids are our children. We're just going to turn them into savage adult criminals. That's all jail does. Jail makes you better at whatever you were doing before you went there. So I don't even want to hear that corrections corrects. No, 
it gives you time for corrections. Yeah. Okay. You know that it costs about $150,000 a year to incarcerate a juvenile in the United States? And think about the lifetime cost of a young person if they get involved with the, with the criminal system as an adult. It could reach into millions of dollars per inmate, depending the severity of their charges, how much of that revolving door they're in, they're out, they're in, they're out. When they're in, is their medical expenses? Do they need, you know, proper dental care? Um, things that we have to do to change these, man, has to start right here. Why don't we take that $150,000 a year and come up with a better cost-effective system, a compassionate system, a way that we can invest in the kids and we could break the cycle from these kids going back to prison. But no, some people would rather just see them locked up. They would call guys like Bobby Bostick an animal. Maybe when Bobby Bostick was 16, maybe he did have some animal in him. But Bobby Bostick, through rehabilitation, was able to control the beast. He started reading. He did school. He did classes. He did everything to rehabilitate his mind. Because Bobby Bostick knew, you took my body, but you can't take my mind. He's still living with the dream that one day he will be released from the Department of Corrections. Yo, what's up? It's your boy Mikey. How we doing, man? Yo, we've been like diving into this Bobby Bostick case, juvenile corrections, um... The fuckery that goes on, the way that that some of these juvenile, um, the way that some of these kids are really are really treated, how some of their rights get violated. Here was Bobby Bostick going into court, 16 years old. He didn't know which way to go. He didn't really have any adequate legal counsel, and the kid ends up with 240 some odd years. Who speaks up for him? The sentencing, any juvenile offender who didn't commit a murder charge to a term of that many years under which he's not even eligible for parole for a hundred years, does that violate someone's Eighth Amendment? If you read Graham v. Florida, the Supreme Court said the Constitution prohibits the imposition of a life without parole sentence on a juvenile offender who did not commit homicide. While a state needs not guarantee a juvenile non-homicide offender eventual release, it may not impose a sentence that guarantees he will die without any meaningful opportunity to obtain release. The question in this case is whether the state can bypass that rule by sentencing a juvenile offender who didn't commit murder or anything to a term of this many years, under which he will never be eligible for parole until he's 112 years old, when he was only 16 years old. And they tell him at sentencing, you will die in the Department of Corrections. How is that not a life sentence? The Missouri Supreme Court holds that this is not a constitutional problem because the Graham vs. Florida rule, check this out, 
It applies only to a single sentence of life without parole for a non-homicide offense. Not to juveniles who were convicted of 900 charges in the same crime or multiple non-homicide offenses or the ones that receive multiple fixed-term sentences. That's how they get around it. That's how they screw these kids over. But in state verse in Florida verse Graham, Graham himself committed multiple non-homicide crimes, and the constitutional flaw in Graham's sentence was not that it was um, previously like denominated life in prison without parole, or that it was imposed for like for one single act that it, that that Graham did, but it denied him any chance to later demonstrate. That he is fit to rejoin society. How is that not the case in the Bobby Bostic case? How does it not deny him the right that he could fit back in and rejoin society when he don't see parole till he's 112 years old? Please tell me that. Really, it it's it's all the same. We're here, the juvenile been sentenced on multiple counts arriving out of a single day's act to a term of years which equals out to a life sentence and when you give someone that many years you're pretty much intentionally guaranteeing them that they are going to die in prison to say anything else would allow states to avoid to just totally ignore the whole Graham premise. Whenever a juvenile, you know, action supports more than one criminal count, it is so easy to, to sentence someone to more than one criminal count. So if I was reading State vs. Graham, and I know I'm not an attorney, but I know my way around a law library... I studied law for my own. I know how to shepherdize cases. So, but if, but if I read this law, Florida vs. Graham, it looks so many ways that they're violating Bobby Bosdick's constitutional rights. Look, it says it right there. While a state needs not guarantee a juvenile non-homicide offender eventual release, it may not impose a sentence that guarantees he will die in prison without any full meaning opportunity to obtain release. He has no opportunity to obtain release. But it's kind of a catch-22 because it also says a state may not guarantee a juvenile non-homicide offender may get out. But it can't impose a sentence that he's going to die in jail. I don't know. Go figure. And the same trial judge that sentenced Bobby Bostic to die in jail was asking the court to relook the case. was saying she was wrong. She made a grave mistake. Even his adult co-defendant, which was 18 years old at the time, of the trial at the time of the charge only received 30 years. And this dude's 16, a kid, 240 years. Go figure.